Our reading this morning comes from the 12th chapter of the Gospel of Luke. I came to bring fire to the earth, and how I wish it were already kindled. I have a baptism with which to be baptized, and what stress I am under until it is completed. Do you think that I have come to bring peace to the earth? No, I tell you, but rather division. From now on, five in one household will be divided, three against two and two against three. They will be divided, father against son and son against father, mother against daughter and daughter against mother, mother-in-law against her daughter-in-law and daughter-in-law against mother-in-law. He also said to the crowds, when you see a cloud rising in the west, you immediately say, it is going to rain, and so it happens. And when you see the south wind blowing, you say, there will be scorching heat, and it happens. You hypocrites, you know how to interpret the appearance of earth and sky, but why do you not know how to interpret the present time? The Gospel of the Lord. Be seated. Thanks, Terry. So is your seat feeling a little hot? I was, um, I'm just freshly back from Budapest, Hungary over this last week, and I have to say a special thanks to Kim Capel. A jet lag pastor is not the person that you want preaching first thing in the morning. So she helped me out. Um, there were 10 thriving community leaders from across the country, and each was asked to invite a pastor to join them for this international build with Habitat for Humanity. And so I was honored to represent us as Mount Olivet and also the broader Minneapolis area on this trip. And it really was a life-changing experience and I look forward to sharing more uh, photos and uh, the details of our team and our building work at another time. Um, but I wanted to share with you today, be before we began, building those flats on Monday. We had a day to be immersed into the city of Budapest, its culture and its history. And one of the places we visited uh, to learn more about the country was Hero Square. It's a big square in the middle of the city center. I don't know, has anyone been there, Hero Square? Oh my gosh, you guys have been, you know what I'm talking about. In the middle of the square, there are statues of the heroes of the country. And then an artistic stone relief under each, depicting the scene or the impact that they were known for. Leader after leader re represented a period of complete upheaval in Hungary's history. I mean, no one, none of those leaders got the quiet and calm reign for that country. It was invasion upon invasion, foreign occupancy, and persecution for the common folk even to have enough to exist. And the history told in that hero square only goes up to the late 1800s. What is not shown in those heroes is the impact of the world wars, where so many were killed. The actual wars happening in that city, parts of the cities were destroyed, and to this day cannot be rebuilt to their original magnificence magnificence. There is something about the Hungarian people and their tenacity to hold the challenges of their history. They cannot escape from where they have come. There is no forgetting the decades, the thousands of years of suffering and challenge 
so it has become a part of them the moment they are born. In a, in a way, they are brought up knowing the difficulties of this life. Now, to contrast that insight from my travels, I clearly remember when I turned 25. I was thinking about my quarter century of living and noticing that up to that time, I had really not experienced hardship in my life. My life had been pretty good and comfortable and had followed an expected path and milestones of both life and my faith. And I remember thinking, is this because I have done something right or have I just been lucky? And I remember wondering how long this would last and when the shoe of reality was finally going to drop. Now clearly my frontal lobe was still not fully developed and I was quite naive and self-centered in my reflections, thinking of life only for what I was experiencing and not taking into consideration the lives of others and their hardships or the longer history from where I had come. Suffering and divisiveness had not been a part of my life or my conversations. Needless to say, just recently reaching my second quarter century of living, I have a different perspective. Hardship has come, and through my many experiences, my eyes have been opened not only to my own suffering, but also to the awareness of suffering of other people. And I see now through a different lens. I gained awareness that life was not just meant to be lived rightly or neatly, but rather in a way of deeper connection and awareness to others. And in the midst of this, God's deep presence in the times of darkness and chaos. Maybe one could say there was a fire of refinement burning away the things that were blocking my view to make space for new things to grow. Jesus' words today can be difficult to hear. What do we do with a Jesus who wants to bring fire to this earth? Jesus, aren't you supposed to be that prince of peace we hear about in Advent? How do we dare to talk about division and hardship in this life and in our faith? When is there an opportunity to speak of the challenges and suffering of this life, of communities and families being divided because of their faith? We kind of have this built-in mechanism that says, what can we talk about and what can't we talk about? Just think of how you feel before you go to Thanksgiving dinner. As difficult as Jesus' words are today, they're given to us so we know that difficult conversations, division, and differing opinions are actually a part of following Jesus. We hear in his words his frustration and the urgency to make known the active presence of God in this world. God will stop at nothing to bring his kingdom to this earth. And because of this, the world we know it must change this is good news for some and bad news for others who like life as it is. And Jesus gets impatient and frustrated at all that holds back this vision. 
And so maybe these words of Jesus help us hear anew that following Jesus is not about comfort and consensus. We do have the privilege and the ability here in suburban America to choose to create a bubble of what we want our life and faith to be. Of course, we want to be a part of a community of welcome and comfort. We want our kids to be baptized and confirmed. We want a place to have weddings and funerals, a community of belonging with people who we know. And we may want to come to worship to escape the challenges of this world, a place to be comforted. Yes, these things can be important. But the fire Jesus speaks of today is a fire of insistence, wanting to spark change, to clear a path for all people. God will stop at nothing for his message of inclusion and love to come to people and for us to be awakened from our comfort to a call to make this vision known to all people. Because each of us and us together are empowered to open this way, to usher in God's vision. And the story is also given to us that we know that hard conversations and division is just a part of following Jesus. Heeding the call and being the church is not meant to be a place of quiet moments and easy conversations. Communities will be divided and families divided. So don't miss the urgency in Jesus' words today. The fire of God's active presence in this world, not to destroy, but to refine, to burn off what holds us back and to allow us to see the things that we are missing, to clear space for new things to grow in places they are not. For Jesus' words early in his ministry from the prophet Isaiah, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim release to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to let the oppressed go free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. I listened to Pastor Joel's sermon from last week where he first talked about the ELCA's churchwide assembly just a week ago where the attending body voted to declare the ELCA as a sanctuary church body. Minneapolis area synod bishop Ann Svenningsen, in response to the decision, wrote this letter. This vote is in response to our great sorrow around what feels like unprecedented threats facing refugees and undocumented immigrants in our country. There is much to be discussed and to figure out, and from that vote, no clear way forward or binding requirements made to local churches. But it is a voice and a stand to heed the message of Jesus for us to look out for the least of these. The Star and Tribune on Friday ran a story of the decision, and I read the hundreds of comments both for and against this action. It is the tangible realization of the divisiveness Jesus speaks of in this reading in Luke. Communities and families divided because each has a belief of what they feel is right. 
So where do we go from here? Here is the good news in this difficult reading. God promises to stay put in this broken, conflicted world. And God promises to speak through the living word. The Bible, it's not a stagnant instruction book, but a word that speaks to specific people, places, and times. It's alive. The spirit will always be found as we read scripture and as we listen and dwell there. And as we receive Jesus' living presence in bread and wine. And as we listen to the stories of the lives of each other and to other people and dare to listen to people who we don't know who are different from us. And then God promises in that intentional listening that a call will emerge, a place to show up, a way to extend this vision of God's love for all people. Our be open vision emerged from our deep dwelling in scripture and listening to our neighbors. And through this slow and intentional work, a specific call emerged for us at Mount Olivet Lutheran Church of Plymouth. Soon, very soon, we will be a place of nourishment for our neighborhood with no requirement of who can be fed. We are opening ourselves more and more to what is next. I'm sure as we go about, just as we have before, there will be difficult conversations. But we also trust it is God who is calling us and forming us through each of these. From ash grows new life. There's another image of fire that's important to remember as we hear Jesus' words today. And that is of the burning bush that appeared out of nowhere in the wilderness to Moses as he was quietly tending his flock of sheep. As Moses was mesmerized by the oddness of this flame, God spoke, Moses, take off your shoes. You are standing on holy ground. And there Moses, unexperienced and ill-prepared, received a call a call to lead God's suffering people from slavery to freedom. God promised in that bush of fire to be with Moses as he did this work, as he was a part of writing a new story for God's vision to be made known. Every time we feel the pinch of division and the burn of conflict, we need to trust that we are standing on holy ground. We're not there alone, a place where God promises to be and to call us into specific work for the sake of making real God's vision for this world. We hold a history since creation and a future full of possibility. It's real and raw and delicate and full of what will be next. And we do this all as we trust in the faithfulness of God, the refining fire for all the world, the place of abundant life for all people. Amen.